I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. I beg your pardon, commies. I didn't mean for you to get wet. But that's the thing about a red wave. It's coming for you, too. It's high noon for Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. Please follow the podcast at Parlor at I'm Your Moderator and on the Telegram information stream, t.me slash I'm Your Moderator. It seems like the commies are breaking. I was taking my daily run and wearing my daily Keep America Great hat on my run, which I do Every time now. And I like to give a nice smile to all the people I pass. Whether or not they smile back at me. And actually, occasionally, I get really good reactions. Some people up there are like really happy to see someone wearing a Trump hat. Because they like America. But then, of course, there are the commies. And the thing is, I run generally the same time each day and pass generally the same people most of the time. And today was the first day where any maskies got upset. And so the first maskie I passed was this guy. He was with a friend of his and they were all masked up. And the guy said something to me, but I had my, I had my AirPods in, so I didn't hear him. And he's, he's looking at me and I pull the AirPod out and I'm like, Hey, what? And he just kind of like mumbles something and then turns away and keeps going. So I just keep on running. I'm like, ah, whatever, commie. And then I pass this group of four ladies that go out and take their little walk every day. And they're like middle-aged white ladies, like 50-ish, maybe 55, 60. But one of them is staring at me and turning her head as I pass and I see her mouthing something. And so I do the same thing. I pull my AirPod out. I say, hey, what's that? And she goes, nice hat, asshole. And I mean, of course, I knew she was going to say some dumb shit like that. And I go, oh, that's so sad. You know, Joe Biden's not the president elect, don't you? That must be why you're so sad. I'm praying for you. And then I kept running. These fucking Obami commie mommies trying to get upset. Trying to get mad at a hat. I should have just said thank you. And I really wish I would have said at the end, see you tomorrow. But hopefully I'll just see them tomorrow. And I'll be wearing the same reasonable hat at the same reasonable running location. But these Obami Kami mommies and the other maskie I saw were not 
the only commies who have broken down completely. If you'll remember last week, I talked about a woman named Cynthia Jackson, who's a state rep in Michigan, and how embarrassing her behavior was at their hearing where she tried to dox a nice Indian immigrant woman for telling the truth about election fraud. But she's since gotten crazier. And so this is a video that she released last night. So this is just a warning to you Trumpers. Be careful. Walk lightly. We ain't playing with you. Enough of the shenanigans. Enough is enough. And for those of you who are soldiers, you know how to do it. Do it right. Be in order. Make them pay. I love y'all. Bye-bye. Yeah, she sounds very loving. That lady is a fucking psycho. Make them pay, soldiers. Well, that's weird because you don't have any actual soldiers on your side. So who are you talking about? Chinese soldiers? Antifa? Black Lives Matter terrorists? Yeah, that's got to be it. Now, I remember way back in last month and throughout the last year, and really throughout much longer than that, five years, Democrat politicians have told the world that Trump supporters are evil, hateful, violent racists. But I don't recall a single Republican politician anywhere encouraging anyone to go out and be violent or telling the commie side to walk lightly because we ain't playing with you. I don't recall any Republican saying that. And I don't recall any Republican radio, TV, or podcast personality saying it either. Now, it's totally possible that one did, but I feel like I would have known about it because the commies in the media would have freaked out. They told us that Proud Boys would be armed at polling places trying to intimidate commie voters. That didn't happen. We were told that if Trump lost, the Proud Boys and other white supremacists would be roving our streets and starting a civil war. But that didn't happen either. Even though they immediately claimed that Joe Biden won in what was obviously the biggest cheating scam you could ever imagine. But here we have this woke social justice commie who is in elected office trying to dox an immigrant completely embarrassing herself in a hearing and now doing everything right up to the line of directly encouraging violence against Trump supporters. Trumpers, as she calls them. 
So when the media tells you that the right wants a civil war, that Trump voters want a civil war, that they're the violent ones, you kind of have to look at what Democrat representatives are actually saying and doing. And you got to think to yourself, are these people just incredibly evil and constantly lying? And the answer to that is yes, they are. This behavior shouldn't be tolerated by anyone, especially not a public official. And what will happen to her? Ah, probably nothing. In a saner society, we could hope that the FBI has been monitoring her for coordinating Black Lives Matter Antifa terrorists around her city, Detroit, that she is so proud to call home, as she made clear last week while disenfranchising actual Detroit voters. These people are losing their minds. And speaking of losing minds, bam, another perfect segue. YouTube has declared that from this moment henceforth, they will be deleting any uploaded content that includes claims about how Joe Biden actually lost the election, how the election is still undecided, and any claims about voter fraud or irregularities or abuse of any kind or even computer errors. Now, all of those things are legitimate and true. So what YouTube is saying is that it's going to now prevent the truth from being told on its platform. And the rooted thing to understand is if there was any certainty whatsoever that Joe Biden was actually going to be the president, they wouldn't need to do this. If they could just defeat the claims that Joe Biden is a fraud and that the Democrat Party cheated in the election, they would do that. And the videos would kind of fade off into the ether. No one would want to watch them because it would be obviously false. Kind of like the mainstream news, where people just continually stop watching. Because it's so obviously false. But this is censorship of political speech by an American tech company on behalf of a political party and the Chinese Communist Party. So what part of that upholds the spirit of the First Amendment? Well, no part of it. And it's also crazy because people are not going to stop making those videos. And if YouTube deletes them, people will just go watch them elsewhere. There is a social media migration happening right now, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Obviously, I talk about Telegram. I'm on Parler. I'm on Rumble, though I haven't really started posting content there. But what do we need YouTube for 
unless you're making a living off of it and you feel like you can't replace it with one of the other sites, it's not like we need YouTube's logo at the top of our videos to feel better. It's the same video. Likewise, I don't need Instagram to be able to disseminate information. I do it on Telegram and it's better because it's direct. People can see my stuff whenever they want just by going there. They could go there once a day and see the entire stream for the day rather than trying to find my Instagram stories because Instagram has shadow banned me and you can't even find me by searching my screen name until you type in the last L at the end of Chris Paul. That's pathetic. The longer we stay on these platforms, the more we allow their censorship to affect our culture. Because when you stop getting information that you need and that you want, that helps you understand the real world, not the fake world that the mainstream media is making up, the actual real world. If you can't get that, that hurts society. It hurts your ability to be informed and it hurts the ability for you to inform your friends. And of course, that's why they're doing it, which is the best reason to leave. We all know for a fact, this is what these companies do and are doing. We also know that they track you on the internet, that they track you as you move around the real world. Because Facebook and Google plug into your apps. You sign in through those. And so they can share all of that information, including where you go. They know where you live. They know what your activities are. They can see you when you're sleeping. They know when you're awake. They know when you've been bad or good. So get off Facebook. Ho, ho, ho. And it's funny, a year ago, I don't think too many people would have ever conceived that the end of these social media platforms could in fact be near. But I really think that it might be that way. And, you know, Trump's executive order, certain sanctions on foreign interference in elections, that stuff is going to come into play with these tech platforms. The sooner the better, as far as I'm concerned. But I don't think it's far off. And what happens when their CEOs are charged with sedition, for instance, or espionage, or treason? Or other very, very high crimes. You think that's impossible? Why? You know that they committed the crimes. You know that they've done the things that they're accused of doing. So it's a matter of whether or not we have a functioning justice system that actually serves the people. They are involved right now in a coup attempt. And they have been involved in that coup attempt for years, they intentionally hid the Hunter Biden laptop. 
It wasn't an accident. And the Hunter Biden laptop wasn't Russian disinformation. And it wasn't fake news, but they hid it anyway. And the media companies chose not to cover it at all, except for the New York Post and conservative outlets. But yesterday, the Senate released nearly a 90-page report on Hunter Biden and his crimes benefiting the Chinese Communist Party. And we know that the rest of his family was involved in them. It says it in the report. It's not made up. It's not a partisan hit job. It is real. And the proof is everywhere. The Biden family has long served the Chinese Communist Party. There are records of their transactions. They barely even try to hide it. Joe Biden continually says he wants good things for the Chinese. And then shoots off a pie into how we really want to go after their bad trade practices. No, you don't. You helped set them up with that. Democrats are actively working for the benefit of the Chinese Communist Party and to the detriment of America. I'm not going overboard by saying that. It's true. Two California politicians, Diane Feinstein and Eric Swalwell, as we talked about yesterday, spent a long time with Chinese spies. Diane Feinstein's driver for 20 years was a Chinese spy. Eric Swalwell's girlfriend who raised campaign money for him was a Chinese spy. Eric Swalwell's on the House Intelligence Committee. Eric Swalwell spent years on television telling the country that Donald Trump was compromised by Russia while Eric Swalwell is actually compromised by China. For whose benefit was that? America's? Of course not. And speaking of utterly corrupt Democrats, another segue. Does, does saying speaking of really count as a segue? I guess it kind of does. I'm flowing. I'm really flowing. So New York City is talking about imposing a $3 surcharge a.k.a. tax on the receipt of packages so that they can fund the MTA, the Metro Transit Authority. So every time Amazon delivers a package to your home, you get charged $3. Now, that's what's known as a regressive tax because it actually punishes lower income earners rather than taxing high income earners. And why can't it tax high income earners? Well, because they left. Because Democratic leadership in New York turned the city into a hellhole. And they'll probably give it a try and then export that terrible policy to San Francisco and Los Angeles and maybe Chicago, maybe Philadelphia and Baltimore. And then all of a sudden, every time you want to get something from Amazon or anywhere else for that matter, 
you have to give money to your city to make up for their own terrible management. And my buddy Josh on Instagram pointed this out to me. I don't want to take credit for it because it's a very good observation. But he was like, isn't this basically how the American Revolution started? And by golly, he's right. The Boston Tea Party was a revolt against unfair taxation. And they can call it a surcharge all they like and say, well, you know, if you do something other than packages, then you won't get charged the the fee. Oh, got it, got it. So only people that can afford the fee now are allowed to order things online. And they're not allowed to leave their homes, right? I mean, it is safer at home. So you really just get to take our money, is what you're saying. And my friend was right. That really is exactly the sort of petty theft by government that made people revolt. So congratulations, commies. You're really doing it and covering all the bases of corruption. And here's another governmental abuse. We got another emergency alert yesterday on our phones in California. It said, state of California, new public health stay-at-home order in your area. COVID-19 is spreading rapidly. Stay home except for essential activity. Wear a mask. Keep your distance. Visit our terrible website. No. The answer is no. I'm not going to do that. I don't care about your order. It's not scientific. It's not helping anyone stay healthy. Neither is wearing a mask and neither is staying at home. Also, cases going up rapidly is your fucking choice. Because you're testing all the time. You're giving tests away for free and you're using a terrible test with a terrible standard so that you can achieve more possible cases. And everybody knows it. And people are starting to admit it because it is so blatantly obvious, the corruption, that people will not take it seriously anymore. And good, they shouldn't. Now, yesterday, everybody had one of those Sidney Powell-esque, GSA-esque, the media just said Joe Biden won-esque, temporary freakouts when they heard that the Supreme Court had denied the emergency injunctive relief that the Pennsylvania lawsuit brought by Mike Kelly and Sean Parnell, who yesterday I called Josh by accident. Sorry, Sean, and sorry to any guys named Josh Parnell who don't want to be involved in a lawsuit. But so the the Supreme Court denied their emergency injunctive relief. They did not deny the case. The case is still there. And the court did that because emergency injunctive relief is necessary when other legal options have been exhausted. And that wasn't the case. So they didn't provide the emergency injunctive relief. And that's it. But they wanted a big win. Didn't get one, but they wanted one, but they didn't get one. 
And that's the important thing to remember. Now, I'm not saying that the Supreme Court will take that case up or decide it in the president's favor, or I should say in Mike Kelly and Sean Parnell's favor. But it isn't what the media said it is. And it matters because the media knows what it actually is and intentionally told you something it's not. Now we have the Texas case brought by Ken Paxton, who commies are quick to note was indicted five years ago, yet he's still the Texas attorney general, right? Well, yes, he is. So the idea that he's filing this case to get a pardon from Trump is preposterous. Also, they've been working on the case for weeks and they said that no one paid attention, but they said it and commies are going to pretend that this case is brand new and that it has no chance. But Jordan Seculo was on Newsmax last night addressing this and brought up the very important point that while these cases in the other locales around the country in Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Georgia and Arizona, blah, 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 blah. While they had not yet been decided in Trump's favor, they still were able to get a whole lot of information. You'll remember the recounts in Wisconsin didn't go Trump's way. So the media celebrated, but then Trump came right out and said, Hey, this wasn't so that we could overturn the election on a recount. It was so that we could find all of the illegal voting and the voter fraud, which is exactly what they did. And all of that informs this case that Texas brought against Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia. And the other thing is now seven more states have joined on to that suit seeking the same relief, which is to allow the states to have their elections invalidated, have the state legislatures choose their electors or, you know, I guess potentially hold another election or something. And they did this because their states and the voters in their states had their votes invalidated by those other states not following the law and allowing for massive fraud. And they are correct. What's also interesting, though, is that the president isn't the only federal election. Senators matter, too. And if those skewed results upset the balance in the Senate with Kamala Harris cheating her way into the deciding vote on any tie in the Senate, it actually matters quite a lot. So all these states have been affected on at least two levels. And the truth is that within the states, they've been affected as well through these fraudulent elections. But that's not the focus of the case. Hopefully, the case will be decided correctly as per the Constitution. And then that will lead to the other elections in the state and in localities being overturned. Because as I said, there is no evidence that Joe Biden won. They cannot reproduce the numbers except by just retallying what's already in the system, which is not the point at all, because they're just still counting the fraudulent votes in with the legal ones again and again. 
And even within that, they're still finding mistakes and overturning other elections. New York is still collecting votes. And there's another argument getting a little chatter around the Internet. Saying that Election Day is Election Day. And that all of these votes that they keep compiling after Election Day would therefore be null and void. And I'm interested to see if that happens. I am not an attorney and I'm especially not a constitutional law scholar. So that is just an interesting thing to ponder and then consider if it comes to pass. And I have a feeling that it will come to pass because what's happening now is preposterous. Yesterday, a an economics professor from USC, his name is Charles Cicchetti, I think. I really should be able to pronounce this Italian last name. But in a brief submitted to the Supreme Court, Texas included this declaration from him. He said, according to his calculations, the probability of Joe Biden winning the popular votes in the four states independently Given President Trump's early lead in those states as of 3 a.m. on November 4th, 2020, is less than one in a quadrillion to win all those states collectively, the odds of that event happening decrease to less than one in a quadrillion to the fourth power. That's the math. If you need more proof than that, that Joe Biden did not win, I don't know what to tell you. Because that's about as impossible as impossible gets. The odds of winning Powerball are better than one in, in a quadrillion. And you're talking about winning Powerball like four times. That doesn't happen. So no one on Team America is going to accept the nonsense narrative that somehow Joe Biden won the election. He didn't. It doesn't matter what the media says. It doesn't matter how much we get censored. We will find other ways to communicate this. And his win will be confirmed on January 6th. Now, last thing I want to talk about before I get going and ride off into the sunset. Just kidding. It's not sunset. Even though it's almost the shortest day of the year. And I actually always kind of look forward to that because I like when the days get longer. So it, on December 21st, I'm like, thank goodness that's over. But anyway, this morning, I got an email from Netflix, as many of you probably did. And the subject line of the email is, we are updating our prices. Here's why. The body of the email says, we are bringing you new TV shows and movies. Hi, Chris. We're updating our prices to bring you more great entertainment. This update will allow us to deliver even more value for your membership with stories that lift you up, move you, 
or simply make your day a little better. Hey, Netflix, you're canceled. I canceled you. All it took was the press of two different buttons. You asked me why I canceled you. I clicked other and I wrote because you're commies. This update will allow us to deliver even more value for your membership. Well, that's just patently false. Because literally the definition of delivering more value is either giving you the same thing for less or giving you more for the same price. It's not giving you the same thing for a higher price. That's literally the opposite of increasing value. And this communication style is utterly insane. This is just propaganda nonsense. And I'm not saying it's political propaganda. Obviously it isn't. I'm saying it's the same form of communication telling you that something bad is for your own good. That's nuts. It's not like they're talking to six-year-olds unless they expect that all of their subscribers voted for Joe Biden. So they're telling adults, we're going to charge you more for the thing you're already getting. But the thing you're missing is that's going to add value to you. It's actually better. Yeah, we could have raised it $5 and it would be even better for you. But we felt like $1 was the right amount of better for you at this time. Once we put out our Obama documentaries via our board member, Susan Rice, then maybe we'll take more of your money and give you that better experience you know you're looking forward to on Netflix. But here's the thing. Netflix shows pretty much suck. They're just the same formula over and over and over. Everything depends on cliffhangers at the end of one episode, making you watch the next episode. And then the whole middle of the show absolutely blows and has no reason for existence. But then they bring you that end again. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself having watched The Haunting of Bly Manor for eight fucking hours. And you realize somewhere in the middle of the third episode that the show you thought was going to be okay is actually terrible. And then in the sixth or seventh episode, they give you an episode so awful that you can't even Be sure you're still watching the same show because the episode is all in black and white and they just keep saying things like she sleeps, she wakes, she walks. And the show's not scary at all. And it's written real bad. But all of their shows are like that. You can basically take the same formula and plug it into every single Netflix show and they all have the same level of suck. So goodbye, Netflix. It's been a great run. Maybe one day I'll return that DVD I still have in a tiny envelope at the bottom of a box from five houses ago.
And before I go, I just want to say, if you guys have already listened to the episode with Angela Marsden, that's awesome. Uh, if you haven't, give it a listen because she's just such a lovely person and, and working so hard and dealing with such a shitty situation imposed on her by the commie government of California. And uh, listen to her because that's what's happening in small businesses all around the country. Well, I should say in blue states all around the country. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate her coming on and telling her story. Her story is a good one and it's an important one. And I hope it inspires people to take some action, not only in supporting these restaurants, which is fine. Everybody says to do that. But I mentioned to her and she's obviously way too nice to take my standpoint on this, but. You know, she had some there was an article about her situation on TMZ and about how some celebrities had come out in support of her and that they were trying to get money to her. And while that's nice and that's helpful, what these celebrities need to be doing is publicly stating that these lockdowns and closures and restrictions and masks are wholly unjustified. There is no science and no morality behind them. It is only cruelty and control. If the celebrities want to help, they will stop aping the communist propaganda. And that's it. Help with your voice and push this conversation into the central narrative. Because no one has the time or the ability or the money to be able to help all of the places that need help. It's lovely that we're helping this one, but the way to help them all is to make the political changes happen. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Joe Biden will never be president. Masks and lockdowns do not work. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parlor at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain.
for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!